0: hello welcome to episode number 27 of self-improvement and spirituality in practice blooming with gracey who today i'm going to talk about what have you been doing with your life yes this episode is for you to reflect on your life because usually people think that enjoying life has to do with going out to parties on vacation having fun But in my opinion, enjoying life has much more to do with not wasting your incarnation. Because one of the worst things that can happen to someone is to die, you know, have their physical body dead, arrive on the other side of life and find out, that they wasted their life. They wasted time doing things that were not really important, opportunities to grow, to develop some skills or whatever, because your soul will make you face your choices. And maybe a few regret for the choices you made. So, do you live your life for other people, trying to please them all the time, trying to prove something to them, even strangers? Or do you live your life for yourself, working on your self-knowledge and your self-improvement? Let's talk about this today. Gracie here. I've been a therapist for 19 years, an astrologer with more than 30 years of studies and practice already. And I'm also an independent spiritualist from Brazil. With time and a lot of studies and observations, I realized that the cause of everything in our life is within us. And to change the effects, we need to work on the cause. There's no other formula. So if you want to understand certain situations in your life and change your reality for the better, stay here and let's have a conversation. Let's suppose a person who works full-time from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., for example. It means that out of a 24-hour day, 10 are gone to guarantee subsistence, right? So there are 14 hours left. Of this, we discount 8 for sleep, if so much, since people have been sleeping less and less, so it lives 6 hours. Now, let's consider the time they take to get ready in the morning, get to work, because although this endless pandemic, there are people who are going out for work, right? Not everybody is working home. So let's consider the time to get to work, to get back home, shower and have dinner. That's if they don't go to the gym, for example, or anywhere else on the way back, like the mall, a grocery store and take the time to talk to friends and relatives in person, on the phone, or the internet, doesn't matter. Time to date, which is necessary. To watch something on TV or read a magazine or book, and even time to spend in social media. Because when you realize it, you can spend hours seeing things so unnecessary, you know, uh, silly things. You can go to social media like Instagram or YouTube to, to have some fun. But at the end of the day, how much time did you spend with those things, especially silly things? And all this if they don't have to take care of children and the little ones are even more work, of course. If that person doesn't have to take care of pets and home, including here, household tasks, like uh, doing the dishes, laundry or whatever, or time they have to spend to study at night, taking a course, even an online course. And if it's a woman, there's still extra care with the appearance, like makeup, hair, hands, feet, waxing. Woo! It's a lot of things to do in just a single day, right? So, at the end of the day, how much time did this person have to dedicate to themselves only in a reflection and analysis of themselves? Unless they have had the therapy session, or attended a course aimed at self-knowledge or spirituality, they have spent practically all day busy with external issues. Now, let's multiply this example of a typical day by five in a week, then by four weeks in the month, and so on. There are so many ways infinite ways to make money, and for this reason, I believe that the best ones are doing something you like. Because if you are going to work just to pay the bills, then life will be even less worthwhile. For someone who spends all day busy with duties, obligations, and responsibilities without a minimum of pleasure, they cannot be happy. If you live for other people's needs only, if you are driven by duties, obligations and that sense of responsibility with other people, with the work that has to be done. And if you have no pleasure in your daily life, especially with your work, you cannot be happy and maybe not even satisfied. There are even those who prefer not even stop to think about whether they like their own life or not, they simply act as a machine to do things for others. They can even be driven by vanity, always worried about what other people may think and say about them, if they are going to be accepted or loved or not. Those people, they go to bed at night thinking about the next day's schedule, wake up on autopilot already and only stop at bedtime again with their head on the other day's schedule. So they act like robots with a to-do list every day. They don't even stop to think if they are enjoying or how much unsatisfied they are or not. And there are so many distractions that modern existence offers us, especially with internet, with social media, and the media is specialized in creating needs that we don't have, with commercials and speeches about products or things that we need They think we need, they try to sell that idea that things and products that we need to consume or to do to feel better and or more accepted. Not to mention the demands of other people who demand attention, affection, and blah, blah, blahs to fill their voids. You know, the kind of person that is so needy, uh, they don't take responsibility for themselves. So they not only expect, but they demand other people to fill their needs, their emotional needs, giving them attention, uh, love, and consideration, and recognition. If you are spending a lot of energy and time trying to, you know, to please other people, giving importance to their demands, um, it's probably because you don't have filters in your ears. (laughs) And there's another episode in my podcast talking about this, the importance of having filters in your ears, which means filter what comes from the world, from other people, and selecting which things you are going to give importance to or not. Because otherwise, other people's demands can drive you crazy. And when you finally realize you are living for them, you are wasting your life trying to please unsatisfied people and spoiling them because the more you give, the more they will want you to give. So now I ask you, my dear listeners, When, in the middle of it all, do you stop to get in touch with your inner needs? Whether they are mental, emotional, affective or spiritual, it doesn't matter. Because you do have inner needs, things that are important to you to make you feel better, to make you even happy. When are you willing to identify, accept and satisfy your needs? In what moment do you live for yourself and not for the things and people of the world? How much time do you dedicate to your self-knowledge and self-improvement as a human being? Because I know you spend time with yourself improvement as a professional, to become a better professional, to develop your skills, to get a better job and a better salary. Of course you invest in yourself in a professional way or trying to be a better parent, for example a better lover or friend, but uh, are you really paying attention to your self-improvement as a human being? Which in essence is the process of spiritual evolution in practice. After all, what is the use of mastering, for example, advanced yoga positions or being able to meditate for two hours straight if you don't know how to deal well with yourself, with others and with life? Because we are here in this world incarnated, basically, to learn three types of lessons. How to deal well, with ourselves. And I'm talking about self-knowledge and self-improvement, which requires a good amount of humility and courage. And I can say that as a therapist because self-knowledge is not an easy process to someone who is afraid of facing their weaknesses, for example, or is too proud to admit they have weaknesses, weak points, and they need to change in order to have Better results in their lives, not only in terms of attracting situations, but having better relationships with other people. So dealing with ourselves is really a lot of work. And another lesson very important we are here to learn is how to deal well with other people. And that's another big work to be done. Because we cannot control what other people think and say, how they act and react, what they feel, how they feel. So dealing with other people is always challenging, even if you get along well, because uh, they are different, right? And another important lesson we are here to learn, how to deal well with life because so many people believe that bad things or frustrating situations in their lives are because of bad luck, or bad karma, they feel like a powerless victim of circumstances and there's not much they can do to transform their lives. But I can tell you, after so many decades studying all those issues, studying the laws of life, which are much deeper than the laws of attraction or the secret. No, those are superficial contents that you will find out there. But really, the laws of life, how life really works, If you know those laws and you pay attention to see how they work in your life and other people's lives, then you start to have a different point of view of how you can create transform your reality consciously and that's something i do by accessing the forces in the unconscious and using the right tools the right techniques to really change the effects in life by working on the causes which are always inside of us so It's important to learn how to deal with life, not feeling a powerless victim, but really being in charge of your life, you know, behind the wheel of your own destiny. And I tell you that it's not necessary to isolate yourself from the world, to dedicate yourself that way. In fact, the great challenge is to be in the world without being of the world. That is, to participate in this madness that is the materialistic Western civilization without being swallowed by it and its demands and brainwashing. Believe me, it's perfectly possible to lead a common existence full of mundane tasks, keeping the focus on yourself. And how? Try to observe yourself throughout the day. Your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, especially the most impulsive or conditioned, exercise your discernment, considering what you would like to change in your behavior or what you would like to eliminate or improve in yourself, in your behavior. This is already a good start, you know, awareness. And the rest is the application of discipline, willpower, perseverance, and obviously knowledge of what and how to do. It's what I call self-therapy, which is something that I do every day, all day. I'm always paying attention to what's going on inside of me, my thoughts, my feelings, because I know that the external is just a reflection of the internal, so I also analyze what happens in my life, what I attract to myself, to relate those things and people and situations to what I've been doing inside of me, because the cause is inside, is within me, right? I am attracting those people, those situations. So it's an exercise. Actually, for me, is already a habit, you know, to associate the external with the internal, And being very aware of this this process is how I can change the effects in my life working on the cause. That's how I can transform my reality consciously. And that's something that I teach my clients, how to do the same. It's easy when we know how to do it, right? But uh, at this point in my life, it's been so many years studying and practicing that when I see a change in a client's life, for example, they call me a miracle worker. But I know it's not really a miracle because there's kind of a science behind it. I know what to do and how to do it. But when you don't know how the process works, you can call those unexpected changes, good changes, as a miracle. It's like, you know, imagine someone who really knows about computers, and if you don't know anything, Or if you don't know much about it and you have a problem with your computer, you feel like lost. Then you go to an specialist, someone who really knows how the machine works. And if they make it work perfectly, like five minutes later or ten minutes later, you can be so amazed and say, well, that's a miracle. It was so simple. Simple for them (laughs) who are the specialist, right? Not for you who are the ignorant about that issue that subject so it's really a matter of knowing how to recognize how to identify the cause of the situation and work on it to solve the issue right that's what experts do and i'm sure you are an expert in some area i'm sure you can cook something much better than me (laughs) Or, you know, that special meal that you have your own secret, how to prepare it. And uh, you are an expert also. And even if you share your recipe with other people, they won't have your talent, your gift to do that thing as well as you do, right? One thing that I find very curious is how, even though everyone knows that the only certainty of who is alive is to die one day, even though it's difficult to see a more conscious individual preparing for this moment. And I'm referring to the philosophical and spiritual aspect of the thing, understanding what the transition to another level of existence is like, trying to understand what happens next, not cultivating attachments here to minimize the suffering caused by them. Instead, one feeds, in a general and morbid way, the fear of dying, as if this were something unnatural and we should live in the same flesh body forever. So, everybody knows that they will die one day eventually, right? But we have this brainwashing to think that dying is a terrible thing. People put a lot of drama about death, but, well, it's something natural and inevitable. Of course, no one wants to see a loved one dying in suffering. Of course, some deaths can be shocking, especially if they happen so suddenly or in an accident. But if you avoid to face that inevitable end to everybody then you are just going to cause more suffering to yourself when the time comes because everybody will go away somehow eventually right and even you so being too attached to that thought that you have someone you don't have anyone you don't have anything in your life you just have yourself Everything in your life is a use of people you have in your life. You're going to enjoy their company, everything, objects you have in your life. You're going to enjoy them, but you don't really possess them. That's my point. So if you change your point of view, it will make a big difference when you have eventually to say goodbye. Either if the other person is leaving you or if you are leaving everything behind, and uh, making the transition to another subtle dimension of life through physical death. So if you work on getting a higher level of awareness about what really happens after physical death, of course you will minimize your own suffering when the time to face it comes. The death of a loved one is a sad thing, of course. It's, Okay, it's natural to be sad, but how much suffering you are going through will depend on how much you will prepare yourself for detachment in this moment, in this circumstance. There are those who receive a second chance either through an MD, a near-death experience or a great scare like a serious illness or accident and this kind of second chance they stop to think about their own life and radically change its course in the search of greater meaning it's like a really a shock realizing that uh, oh i cannot die right now i'm not ready i have things to do Sometimes people feel like they have a higher purpose in their lives for staying alive. And they start to make radical changes, finding a greater meaning, greater purpose. Sometimes... Life does make one of those surprises, forcing the person to reveal their concepts and their way of relating to everything, how they relate to other people, the work they have, if they are fulfilling themselves or not. And it's very common after one of those shocking experiences, a second chance, it's very common to become even more humble and grateful for small blessings, they start to value small things in the their lives, like small moments, which are much more important than things, moments you spend with people you like, good moments you give to yourself. However, these cases are an exception, right? In general, the warning signals are sent through less drastic challenges, although constant, but most people simply ignore them or do not perceive them as indicators of the need for change. Then, When the person realizes they are already older with less vitality and everything is an excuse to continue in that little ordinary life of inner poverty and self-abandonment. Do you know the kind of person that says uh, uses this as an excuse to themselves and to other people? Oh, I am too old to do this. I don't have the same energy to try a new thing in my life, a new career, for example. Just excuses. Let me tell you something very important. Your life is yours. It was given to you as a gift. What have you been doing with it? Are you wasting your existence with secondary and transitory things? Or are you living with purpose that fill your chest? Not that there is a superior being writing down all your steps to demand satisfaction later after you die. This is a religious talk that controls based on fear. There's no one taking notes of all your steps to give like a report after you die and criticize you and demand things you didn't do or you should have done. No, there's no such thing. Actually, there's no need for this type of control for a simple reason. Receiving the free will already makes us responsible for the pains and delights arising from what we do. So, there is no need for punishments or prizes in the afterlife or other reincarnations. The harvest is already here and now, and it's based on it, in the present time, that we are learning to choose better and better, to sharpen discernment, and the power of choice is to evolve. Well, you gotta agree with me when I say life without pleasure is meaningless. The question is, what kind of pleasure is sought The illusory, sought by the media and by society, or the real one, the real pleasure, yearned by the soul to rejoice with the experience in the world? You can try to go inside yourself and ask your soul, not your head, what she really wants. The answer can come through images, sensations and even memories of dreams cherished in the past. Something that you dreamed about when you were younger and felt so happy about it. The way your soul talks to you is mainly through sensations in your chest. When it feels good, it is because your soul is validating that thing for you. And if you feel a discomfort when thinking about a thing, a situation, a place or a person, it's your soul telling you or at least trying to tell you that that is not good for you and uh, your soul doesn't really want that for you. And if you cannot get in contact with your soul, if you cannot feel anything when trying to talk to it, that's because you have lost an important part of your soul and what can you do well i do soul retrieval so if you were really feeling that inner emptiness in your chest a lack of purpose in your life a deep and chronic sadness those are signs of loss of part of your soul and there's another episode in my podcast talking about this those signs you can contact me and we can do something about it however I warn you that once you become aware of your soul's desires, it becomes difficult to ignore them later and it's as if from time to time your soul returns to charge you for them through unpleasant sensations, but this is a subject for another episode. A well-lived life is one that fulfills the spirit, the rest is just mental masturbation may you my dear listener be able to have a profitable incarnation because remorse is the worst thing that a being can experience when they reach the other side after physical death you know that feeling of have wasted the whole incarnation with things that were not important and not working on their self-improvement and having to go back You know, like a student, they have to go back to school and do the same year again because they wasted the opportunity to learn and to grow. So, please, don't waste your life, your incarnation. Enjoying life is not only going on vacation and to parties, dating, it's much more than this enjoying this opportunity this life is working on your self-knowledge and self-improvement and if you want to talk about anything with me you can dm me on instagram at GracieHoo, G-R-E-I-C-Y-H-O-O, or you can go to my website, GracieHoo.com, and send me an email, or you can schedule a free 45-minute enlightenment call with me, so we can talk better, okay? This episode is shorter because I want you to really think about what you are doing with your life if it has a meaning, a purpose for you, or if you are wasting it with things that are not important or living to please other people. You are the most important person in your life and only you will be with you forever, for eternity. So you gotta be your best friend. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Stay well and we'll talk again in the next episode.